You're listening to The Wedding Whisperer with Sarah Burton of Simply Love Studio in Lexington, Kentucky. I'm so excited to be chatting with Candace Ford with a Candace Ford event design today. And we are going to talk all things wedding planning and wedding coordinating. And I'm so excited because obviously wedding planning is something that I am personally very passionate about. So Candace, thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks for having me. Of course. And so we're actually probably going to jump around on topics today because I have so much that I want to talk about. Um, I've got some questions for you, and um, I know you're going to give some like real life examples of things that have happened on your wedding day. Probably going to ask some things about like TV weddings versus real life in Lexington weddings, all of those things. But before we get started, tell us a little bit about yourself and your background. Okay, so I would say I stumbled into wedding planning. I actually have a background in corporate wellness and like worksite wellness programming. In 2017, my little sister was planning her wedding and I assisted her with that and actually started working as a bartender at her venue just as like a side hustle. And I loved working weddings. I loved all things weddings. I was doing weddings Friday, Saturday nights, sometimes Sundays. And it just eventually kind of spiraled into me offering to do free day of coordination for friends. And friends of friends found out about it, and I ended up doing it just kind of on the side. My business was created in 2019 is when I actually went through the process of getting insured, starting a website, all of that fun stuff. And I quit my full-time job in early 2020 to pursue wedding planning full-time. Then the world shut down, but you know, we got through it and yeah, I've been doing it ever since. Awesome. And before we really even like dive into wedding planning and wedding coordinating, tell me your version of the difference between a full service planner and a month of planner. Okay. So the difference between full service and either month of coordination or day of coordination. I use those two terms interchangeably. The big difference is going to be with month of coordination. Your coordinator is executing all the planning that you have already done. So you're doing all of the legwork and then they are just making sure that your vision is executed the way that you envisioned it. With full service wedding planning, we start from contract execution. We're you know, assisting you with your budget. We are going through and helping you pick vendors based on tailored vendor recommendations that match your budget and your vision and availability. And then we're assisting with the design components and just keeping you on track and making sure that your vendor communications are handled and that everything is coming together the way that you want it. So the big difference is the amount of assistance that you are getting from your planner or coordinator. With full service planning, we're holding your hand through the whole process. With day of or month of coordination, we're really just executing your vision. So as far as how far you travel outside of Lexington to do weddings, do you also do like Louisville, Pikeville, Somerset, out of the state? What areas do you cover? Yeah. So for the most part, I would say my territory is central Kentucky. A lot of my weddings are between Lexington and the Louisville area. I do occasionally have outliers like Western Kentucky or 
southern Kentucky, but for the most part, it's going to be in like central Kentucky area. And then will you do like destination full service planning or do you recommend that a couple hire someone locally if they need that? So hopefully this is not an unpopular opinion, but I think that when it comes to coordination, I can execute an event anywhere. But when you're hiring a full service wedding planner, part of what you are paying them for is their knowledge of the industry that they are working in. So if someone hired me for a wedding and let's say... Houston, I'm not going to have a working knowledge of their vendors and venues and just dynamics down there. So personally, I think that you're going to get the most bang for your buck by hiring a local wedding planner to where you are planning. But when it comes to day of coordination, I feel like, you know, whether I've been to a venue or not, I can still execute day of. I agree with that 100%. And then talking about the difference in execution, do you feel like there is a difference between going to a venue, like an estate venue, where you're bringing in a tent, um, tables, chairs, linens, all of those things, versus doing a wedding at the apiary, for example? Yes. The amount of assistance that you need has a lot to do with the style of venue. So with an, an estate-style venue where you're potentially bringing in restrooms and large rentals and needing to do a lot of like behind-the-scenes work to make it essentially a venue because a Occasionally, I have people reach out that want to get married on a family farm. When it comes to a venue like that, I strongly encourage people to hire a full-service wedding planner just because you don't know what you don't know. And for the day to go smoothly, there's a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff that needs to happen to make that essentially a functioning venue. As far as your pricing for full service versus month of you don't necessarily have to give us the exact price but maybe a percentage of the total budget for full service Um, is there an amount that you recommend that they allot for a full service planner of their budget yes my suggestion is typically to try to stay around 10 percent of your total budget for a full service wedding planner so if your budget is Let's say, for example, your budget is $25,000 and you are looking at hiring a coordinator versus a planner and that planning fee is going to fall more at like 15 to 20 percent of your budget. My suggestion would be to probably go with a day of coordinator and then do a lot of that background work on your own and use resources like Simply Love Studio so that You know, that could make the difference between whether or not you're able to have string music for your ceremony or whether or not you have that late night snack. So, yeah, I don't think that every budget is conducive to hiring a full service wedding planner. And when a couple is looking for a planner or coordinator, what do you tell them to look for in that coordinator? I am a strong believer that communication is extremely important and You know, I definitely encourage you to look at their website, look at their reviews, look at their social media. But when it comes down to it, the way that you interact with that vendor, in my opinion, is most important. Are they responding to you in a timely manner? Are they answering your questions? Do you feel comfortable with the answers that you're getting? I really think that that comes down to priorities when it comes to a vendor is making sure that your communication styles align and that you're going to have a good working relationship with them, especially if you've hired them for planning, because you're going to be spending a lot of time with them. Absolutely. 
And what do you think is like the quickest you have ever turned a full wedding around? I was hired about six weeks out from the wedding date for a full service plan, which granted they didn't have to worry about a venue because it was a backyard wedding, but we brought in all of the vendors within six weeks, got invitations out almost immediately. And it happened to be a lot of the guests were coming in from other countries. So yeah, we were definitely on a time crunch with that one. That's awesome. And my very first wedding that I did um, that I was hired and paid for was also six weeks. And I loved it because they had to make decisions. And when you make those decisions, we didn't have time to backtrack or to change minds. Like you made those decisions, you stuck with them, and we moved on to the next task at hand. Yes, I would definitely agree with that. It was one of the smoother plans that I've ever done. So I definitely think that if you have the money to get those deposits paid quickly and you know you have the time to go ahead and knock out that planning you can plan a wedding fairly quickly you might not get your first choice of every vendor but they didn't have any complaints they had a great day so that's awesome and a lot of times when i'm meeting with couples they're like what exactly does the coordinator or the planner do obviously you run rehearsal and my thing is you're typically the first person there on the wedding day and the last person to leave like you are just there to to take care of everything in your packages how long are you contracted for on the wedding day so it depends on what package i've been hired for let's just for simplicity's sake i'll start with day of coordination in my contract it says that you have me for up to 14 hours for day of coordination a typical schedule looks like I come in at 10 a.m. and I'm out by midnight. Most receptions in this area end by 11, so that gives me an hour for teardown. So yeah, if if I've been hired for full service plan or let's say that it's on a family farm where we're having to do a lot of like installation, like we've got a tent going in, we need lighting, we need draping, stuff like that, typically those days start a little bit earlier. In your company name, you also have event design. Do you also do flowers or what do you do as far as event design for your couples? Yeah. So initially the design component kind of started with us doing custom ceremony backdrops. I had a lot of weddings that we were doing arches for, or we had one outdoor ceremony where they wanted something that essentially looked like a open air chapel. So we did an A-frame style arch with a cross at the top, but As far as the design components go, like we assist with sourcing rentals to create a specific vision. I have a small inventory of rentals. So like vases, votives, easels, some signage. We also do custom signage for weddings. So it really just depends on what all they need. We don't specifically do florals for wedding day, but we can offer that as an add-on for rehearsal dinner or a bridal shower or something like that. Okay. Talking about flowers, what colors and trends are you seeing your couples use this year? So I'm still seeing a big surge of the all white with greenery that we saw a lot of last year. But I do have some weddings that are gravitating more towards like a wildflower inspiration, seeing a lot of pastels. I just had a wedding in June that their main color was lavender. It was absolutely stunning. They had a bunch of purples and blues and pinks and it was just really beautiful so I think that some people are starting to experiment a little bit with color but I am still seeing a lot of the white and black okay and then one of the things that I really wanted to talk about and I do think every planner has a different perspective on this 
What are some responsibilities that you think, maybe not necessarily someone that has hired you, but someone just listening to this podcast that maybe hasn't hired a planner or coordinator yet, or has just gotten engaged, what do you think they think your responsibilities are that they actually aren't? Does that make sense? Yes. So what are things that... They think you that's do. not my job. Yes. Essentially. Yes. Okay. So one thing that I think that there's a little bit of misconception on is for venues where table and chair setup is not included. I think that clients automatically assume that that is going to fall on their wedding planner, which we, of course, do, but it is not inclusive of what you are paying. So if you have a venue that does not set your floor plan, we will totally set that, but I have to hire staff to come in and assist with that, so it is not included in costs. Another thing that I see sometimes is running errands related to weddings. While we are happy to jump in day of and assist if something goes wrong, it's not explicit that like we're going to go and pick up lunch for everybody or we're going to go to Geno's and switch out a shirt if needed. Things like that are not necessarily included with day of coordination. What about busing the tables? I think a lot of times a couple might think that that's also your responsibility. Is Do you think that is a planner's responsibility? Yeah, so busing tables and trash removal, again, that is something that we are totally willing to do, but it is not necessarily included. We typically see that as a responsibility of your caterer, especially if you've hired a full service caterer, that's going to be included. If you have hired more of like a, a budget-friendly caterer, sometimes the line is gray on whose responsibility that is. And again, we're happy to help with that. It's just usually I have to bring people in to make sure that that gets done in a timely fashion. Yeah. And then I think one of the things too, we see a lot of couples, um, a lot of the mothers of the brides wanting to buy mix and match china, go to the peddler's mall because they think it's cheaper to buy it than to rent it. Um, At the end of the night, like who is scraping those plates? Who is renting those plates? Are you putting them in a tub? Like where do you draw the line on that? So again, if it is a situation where they have hired a full service caterer, usually that is included in their services where they are scraping and rinsing plates. If it is a situation where that is not included, we will gather them all up, put them back in the containers that they came in. But at some venues, we don't even have the option of rinsing them because they don't have a catering kitchen. So I would not say necessarily that we would be rinsing and scraping plates at the end of the night. But if there's nobody left to pack them up, then I'm sure going to be packing them up at the end of the night. And that's one of those, again, it's a gray area. Um, So it's always conversations to have. And I think a lot of the unknowns when it comes to having a planner is people think you do a lot of that that necessarily isn't, I don't want to say it's not your job, but is not typically something that you would do without additional staff to do that. Yeah, I will definitely say that there is nothing that I deem, quote unquote, not my job. Like I'm there to make sure that your day goes flawlessly and I'm going to do whatever it takes to make sure that that happens just for things to go efficiently. A lot of times if you don't have the vendor team where you have hired busing and, you know, you have already paid for these services with someone else, somebody has to get paid to do it. So typically there's like a small fee that we add on to do table and chair setup or busing. Perfect. And then I'm going to fire some random questions at you. Let's go. 
How many pairs of shoes do you take on a wedding day that you are working? So I usually wear tennis shoes to set up, and then I bring one to two changes of shoes, but I am notorious for wearing bad shoes on wedding days. Like other vendors call me out for it. So, Like bad shoes as in they're not supportive, but they're cute? Yes. Okay. <laughs> gotcha. Do you still find wedding planning to be, quote, fun? Yes. I can honestly say that there is nothing else that I would want to be doing. So that's awesome. I love and it. And anytime I tell people what I do, they're like, oh, that must be the most fun job. And I'm like, yeah, it's so fun after 18 hours. That's why I don't do wedding days anymore. I So, so I will say that there are really no components that I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is not fun. But I can say, because I have worked in other industries, nothing has ever been as stressful as wedding planning, but it is so rewarding because at the end of the day, when my clients come up to me and give me a hug and say, this day has been perfect. Thank you so much. Like that is, it just sends me on a high for the rest of the night so that I can finish cleaning up green bean juice and making sure that everything gets packed up. (laughs) What is the hottest wedding day you've ever worked? There's potential that there has been a hotter day, but on June 4th, I had a Sunday wedding that was predominantly outside and it was 90 all day so did you have any issues with any like sound equipment overheating or anything like that nope luckily there was shade for them to kind of tuck the musicians and the sound equipment away it it was probably a little uncomfortable for guests we tried to mitigate that by having bottled water available and we did fans on the chairs so hopefully that helped a little bit I like the idea of fans on the chairs. I'm mm-hmm. here for that idea. And then on the flip side of that, what's the coldest wedding day you've ever had a I ceremony had, outside for? So ceremony outside, I'd say 50 degrees is about as cold as we've ever actually executed outside. But I did have a wedding last December that it was 18 degrees and they had originally wanted to be outside. Because in Kentucky, you never know. It might be 70 in December. It just depends. So we called you know, back up at nine o'clock that morning and they went ahead and did their ceremony inside. Okay. And so just bringing up something you mentioned, being 18 degrees and being Kentucky and never knowing, do you encourage your couples to get wedding insurance? I do encourage my couples to get wedding insurance for a couple of reasons. One, a lot of venues already require it, especially if they have a pretty lax alcohol policy. They usually require you to hold your own event insurance. But also, it just protects them against all the crazy what-ifs. So I always say, because it's a relatively small investment compared to all of this other money that you're spending, so why not have it just in case? I agree with that. What is the biggest lesson you have ever learned from a wedding day, personally or professionally? We had talked a little bit about, like, roles and responsibilities that might not necessarily be deemed as my quote-unquote job. So I will say that I learned to get a little more specific with my contract and just make sure that everything is outlined so that expectations are met. But other than that, I'd say personally, making sure I always have sunblock because <laughs> you never know <laughs> how long you're going to be outside setting up. And I've gotten burns on my forehead, which are not the best. Have you ever had a like a very unruly guest? Or like bridal party member? I I would say that there's usually one at every wedding. That's a little kooky. But a memorable one, I had a wedding a couple years ago where this guest came in with 
He was in a full suit, but he had on a bolo tie and a cowboy hat. And I was like, oh, man, he's he's going to be fun. And he lived up to my expectations. But he is also the first guest that I've ever taken a sparkler away from. So, yeah. <laughs> what did he say when you did that? Uh, he he didn't say anything. He had just finished trying to break into a cooler to get more alcohol. And he was standing at like a 45 degree angle, like like he was standing sideways. And I was like, maybe not, maybe not giving you a sparkler. And he's like, okay. Fair. Okay. I don't think I have ever not given someone a sparkler. So are there things that you wish couples knew more about when it comes to a grand exit? In planning one, I wish that they knew more to kind of consider what their photography coverage looks like. Because a lot of times when the grand exit is not in mind when they book their photographer, they might book for, let's say, eight hours. And, you know, with a lot of receptions, that's just not really doable to get all of the getting ready stuff, getting the bride and her dress, and then also be able to stay through coverage for the send-off. So sometimes they either are doing the send-off and not getting photographs of it, or they're having to add to the budget last minute because they're having to book their photographer for another hour or two. So that is something that I wish that people took into consideration just so that they're less stressed about it in the long run because it sucks two weeks out having to add money because we didn't consider the send-off. The other thing would be knowing what your venue allows because there are a lot of venues that don't allow sparklers and people have it in their mind that they're going to do sparklers and then they're disappointed when they can't. Or confetti. Yes. Confetti is, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I can't really think of any venue that allows confetti. Or there's a $500 to $1,000 cleanup fee afterwards. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's another thing when it comes to roles and responsibilities. It is not explicit that your wedding planner is going to be cleaning up confetti at 1 o'clock in the morning. So, yep, I agree with that 100%. And whenever I meet with couples in the very beginning, if they haven't even booked a venue yet, and, you know, we're just talking about guest count, we're talking about budget, and some of them may have, you know, a six-month or a longer engagement, and even if it's shorter, sometimes I feel like they want to run out and buy everything that says bride and wedding and misses, and just buy one of everything that Hobby Lobby has because it's on sale. It's also going to be on sale in a couple of weeks from now. They're also going to get a lot of stuff as gifts. And so there are three things that I usually tell couples that they need to buy during the planning process. They're toasting flutes and their cake cutting set, or they can put that on their registry. So they're technically not even going to have to pay for it. And their guest book. What else would you recommend or would you say that couples actually need to buy just off the top of your head that their vendors will not provide for them? So when it comes to decor, if they sometimes people have a very specific vision and it might be things that they can't necessarily rent. So in some cases, I would say there are situations where you want to buy your votives or you want to buy your table numbers. But I usually don't suggest doing that very far out because your vision changes and you see TikTok and you see something else that's really cool. And then you want to do that and you've already spent this money. So you either waste money on it or you end up not getting exactly what you wanted because you bought it too soon. The other things that I would say to plan for and to purchase sooner rather than later, if it's really important to you to have a custom neon sign, that's something that you know your vendors are not going to provide. And if you want it, 
you should probably get it a couple months in advance at least because shipping is unpredictable sometimes. And then anything like custom bar napkins, obviously like your day of stationery, you're going to have to purchase that. But when it comes to your table numbers, your votives, your card box, stuff like that, most likely one of your vendors will have that stuff for rent. I know that I have a pretty decent inventory of those like necessities that you don't necessarily want to have after the wedding. What are you going to use them for? So we rent a lot of that stuff out as well. And one of the other things that I see couples typically buying in addition to like votives and stuff off of like Facebook marketplace um, and the Facebook resale groups are linens. What are your thoughts from a professional that is there on the wedding day? Do you recommend a couple or a mother buy the linens from Facebook or Amazon? Or would you recommend they go through a rental company for those? My recommendation is definitely to rent your linens. And there are a couple of reasons. One, the quality of linen that you are getting from a rental company compared to like an online vendor like eFavor Mart, CV Linens, they're great, but they're not they're not the same quality. So one, I think that they usually the rented versions look nicer. Plus, you know, somebody is having to press those linens and put them on a hanger. When you get something from an online vendor that you've purchased, it's gonna come folded and you're gonna either have to press it yourself or it's just not gonna look very good day of. And then at the end of the night, you have to figure out what you're going to do with all of these food and beverage stained linens that are filling the back of your car. Yeah. <laughs> and a lot of times, you know, the, if they're left there for long, the the wine on them, it starts to mildew and they end up in the trash and you're not ultimately going to resell them. But that was kind of my thought on that. But I wanted to hear another planner's thought on that as well. And to a lot of venues, like the Thoroughbred Center, for example, they already put the linens on there for the brides. The um, Signature Club puts them on there. Harper Hall, like so many of them already take care of it for the couple that it's just as easy to go through the venue and the rental company to do that. To that same thought, if regardless, if your venue does not put your linens out, we will be putting your linens out. But a lot of times day of, there's not time to press linens. Absolutely not. So, you know, if they're... If they get to us wrinkly, they're going to be wrinkly on your tables. And if they're ones that you have ordered online, the likelihood that you're going to be able to press them the same way that a rental company is going to press them is pretty thin. And I can speak from experience. My clients that have purchased, they've regretted it. And they've told me like, oh, this was so time consuming trying to get these ready. Yeah. So... And then um, I do want to mention, this is something that unfortunately we don't talk about. Um, It just kind of is part of the world now. In 2023, um, the state of Kentucky did put a sales tax on wedding planning. So that is something to keep in mind uh, whenever you are looking at a wedding planner. For example, if you are looking at a wedding planner and um, they quote you will say $2,000 for month of, then you're going to have an additional $120 of sales tax on there. Um, That is unfortunately nothing that um, the wedding planner can can control. It's just, it is what it is. So, and that also went on venues and photography services as well this year. So that is something I do like to mention so that you can also budget um, for sales tax now too. So Candace, thank you so much for being here with me today. Is there any other 
wisdom you would like to share with couples that are listening about wedding planning, wedding coordinating? So I will say, obviously, I might be a little biased because of what I do for a living. But I do think that if you can at all work it into your budget to hire a day of coordinator, I strongly encourage you to do so because there are so many things that you don't think about that have to get done that day. Like who's going to light your candles? Who's setting your decor out? Who's lining your wedding party up? Who's letting the DJ know that that pictures went over 20 minutes and that you all aren't coming in yet? I think that you can find a coordinator within the majority of budgets that works for you. And at the very least, I would budget to have a coordinator help you on your very special day that you want to stay very special. (laughs) Awesome, Candace. Thank you so much. And tell couples how they can find you on social media. My handle on Instagram and Facebook is Candace Ford Event Design. Website is the same. Yeah, I'm on Facebook, Instagram, and I'm on The Knot. Okay, perfect. So there are a couple of different places you can find me. Okay, awesome. Well, thank you so much, Candace. Thank you. For more information about Simply Love Studio or to schedule your wedding consultation, go to simplylovestudio.com.